Welcome to the Funding Love Podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Caitlin. We are two adoptive moms that seek to love, support, and elevate all corners of the adoption triad through honest conversation and interviews while running our nonprofit, Funding Love. Funding Love creates post-adoption experiences that strengthen bonds, build community, and restore people. We are Funding Love. Let's go. everybody and welcome back to the Funding Love podcast. This is episode 13 and we are so excited to have you tuning in this week. For all of you that have been showing up week after week, giving us a listen, we are so appreciative. Don't forget to hit subscribe and if you love the podcast, give us a five-star review because it is going to help others help find our podcast and learn more about what we do and the amazing voices that we get to elevate. We have a great show for you today. I am Mallory, your co-host. I'm here with Caitlin. Hey, Mal. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm excited for this episode because our guest today is somebody who's important to our family because she helped us build our family. And so we're so grateful for that. Our guest today is Amy Ember. She is the executive director of Connecting Hearts Adoption Services in Florida, which she founded in 2008. She's worked in the adoption field with both children and families since 1996. She has a team of 11 social workers all across Florida that provide domestic home study services to hopeful adoptive parents. Uh, they serve the whole the state all the way from Tallahassee to Miami, everywhere in between. Um, and so I'm so excited to dive into this topic today of home study because it's just a dreaded part of the entire adoption dun, experience. Dun, dun. Dun, yes, and we just want to like talk about it and hopefully by the time you get to the end of this episode, you'll be like, oh, that wasn't too bad. So Amy, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yes, and we're so excited. So you... You started Connecting Hearts Adoption Services in Florida, which means you must be in Florida. You must live in Florida. I'm in Orlando. Oh, Okay. Wow. Great. Well, um, introduce yourself a little bit more if there's something that I didn't, um, you know, tell everybody about you and um, how you kind of got connected to the adoption yeah. world in general from the beginning. So when I was in high school, um, my best friend who had been adopted as a baby wanted to find her birth parents. And um, she found them. She found her birth mother and went to go meet her with her parents supporting her and whatnot. Um, And I found it very fascinating. It didn't turn out the way she really wanted it to. Um, She did meet her and her birth mother basically said, you know, I love you. I care about you, but I can't have a relationship with you because she was married and had other children and had not told her husband. So, um, you know, and that was also like 30 years ago. So a little bit more than that, if I'm dating myself a little bit, but, um, you know, adoption was a lot different then. And so after that, I said, wow, I just was fascinated. And I was like, when I grew up, that's what I want to do. And it's kind of the only thing I've really done. I've been doing this for, for a long time. And then, you know, I have two children. They're not adopted. Um, people ask me that all the time too. Um, they're not adopted, but um, ironically, I wasn't sure if I wanted to say this on your podcast or not, but um, I found out probably three years ago that I have a brother that I found through an ancestry DNA wow. testing. Mm-hmm. That, That's a big deal. Yeah, that he's older than me. He lives in New Jersey. He has three kids. We've met multiple times. Um, 
that's got to be quite the experience and roller coaster of emotions and feelings. Yeah, it's it's really weird because I didn't know I had that connection when I started doing this work. And, um, you know, my, my parent that he belongs to um, didn't plan on telling me. I don't know. Would that, would that be hurtful? Do you consider that like a, a... No, I think, you know, I think, um, you know, adoption, you know, 50 plus years ago was even much more taboo Absolutely. than it was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of shame and um, embarrassment and it's a lot different. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that my parent was ready to face all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's like, oh, that's really crazy because you've been in this world for a long time in the adoption world. And then it kind of in a way comes like right back full circle on your doorstep. Uh, it's almost like a lifetime movie. It's almost not believable. But um, yeah. his name is Eric. He looks just like the parent that we share. He doesn't belong to both my oh, parents, wow. just one of them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean that's really cool though. Honestly, to gain to gain an even more family. Yeah, yeah, and it's been very cool. Blessing, yeah, you know, yeah, wow. So you are connected to the adoption yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unbeknownst to me, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we are excited to talk to you about the home study because the home study is something you know, like I said a second ago, is so dreaded and is so feared and so anxiety ridden for um, hopeful adoptive families as they enter the journey. At least it was for me. Speaking from my experience, I knew that like I, it was just an unknown. Um, didn't really know what to expect. So, and it's the first big step in any adoption journey. Like it's kind of the first thing you have to have before you can even jump into that world. Um, and it's certainly overwhelming. So before we dig into like the nitty gritty, give us like what is a home study? So um, you're right. The home study is the first step in any adoption. No no agency or attorney can actively work with you until they know that you are home study approved. Mm-hmm. And so the home study, it's, it's a process that ends up being a report um, that approves somebody to be eligible to adopt. And there's a home study that's specific for a domestic adoption. There's a home study that's specific for international adoption. Um, and that is also country specific. Um, there's a home study that's specific to adopting through foster care. So it's a collection of information all about the family that we're working with, you know, their background history, their parents, their siblings, where they went to high school, um, why they're choosing adoption, how they feel about discipline, um, a bit about the relationship between husband and wife or wife and wife or husband and husband. Um, You know, we work with all families. And so the home study is a collection of information all about you that ultimately approves you to adopt with our home study across Florida or across the country. So you know what's interesting? So just for our listeners, the reason that like I have a connection to Amy is because Connecting Hearts Adoption did our home study. So that's how, you know, I know you, Amy, and um, we've stayed connected. And it's just so cool to that you can now follow our family um, that we've grown. Um, So help me like, I remember reading, filling out that form. And like when it asked me, how many siblings do you have? What is the relationship you have with each of your siblings? Are they married? Are you, do you have a relationship with their, like, it was very, it just kind of kept going. And I thought to myself, why is this necessary? So like, how can you speak into that a little bit to help us understand for those who are like, this is silly. What am I doing? Like this is, you know, what, why is that important to have in the home study? You know, I think they, people want to know that 
um, the kind of family that you come from and the things that are important to you. Not that if you have a difficult upbringing, you're not going to be eligible to adopt, but people are interested in um, knowing more about you and you know where you come from and where things started for you are important. Okay. Is that, would you consider that information um, for the home study provider to have in order to approve you or is that just so that it's in the home study that you have to give to the agencies um every home study that i've ever read done outside of my agency does have somebody's background history and whatnot information about their parents their siblings um so i i think that that is a requirement to some extent um i mean the law doesn't say i need to put the name of your parents in your home study but they want to know your background history so yes Oh man. So before, like we're, like we're saying now, before you even get to the home visit. So there's so many questions and so much that is involved in the home study as a whole, but the, before you even get to the home visit, um, like financial statements, references, background checks, medical information, it can be over. Yeah. Physicals. It can be overwhelming. So I know you kind of answered that a little bit, but why is all of it important? Cause I know you said like, it's important to know the family. It's important to know like how they run their life. So I imagine that speaks into the financial statements as well how they maintain their health. Um, Yeah, so I mean, why is all of that so important? So adoption is full of liability, right? Um, And what happens is when an agency or an attorney places a child with an adoptive family, they want to know that they are placing their child in a home where that child's going to be taken care of, they have the means to take care of that child, um, that they're going to be in good hands. And so it's a lot about making sure that you know, somebody's kind of dotting their I's and crossing their T's in mm-hmm. order to give somebody a child or, or place a child, place a child in their home. And also, you know, it's very common, a birth mother or expectant mom would be very interested in knowing she wants the agency or the attorney to be able to say, well, this is what we do know about them. Um, you know, it could be that she's interested in a family that's only Catholic, for whatever reason. I've seen that before. So the home study does share the information as far as their um, religion and their background and their beliefs. Um, I've seen home study or requests where she's asking specifically for a single parent or a same-sex couple or a couple without other children or with children. I mean, it runs the gamut. And so the home study also provides them with all of that information as well. But they want to make sure that people are qualified and of care of good character in order to be able to adopt a baby um, or any child. And I, th- I think too that um, an old social worker, that's not nice, an older social worker <laughs> a, long, <laughs> a, long, a, while, a long time ago said to me, and I always remembered it, she said to me, adoption is a privilege and not a right. And, mm-hmm. and it really kind of stuck with me. That's a good point. That's something that you can set with for a minute, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, it is nice to know that it's like doing due diligence for the expectant family so that, you know, it's kind of like all of the preliminary, like, yes, they can care for your, your child if you choose to place. And, you know, because we know that they're financially prepared and their, you know, their character is good so that they can think about the smaller things like I, and I say smaller, but you know, the other more specific things, like I want a, a family that's Catholic or I want a family that has a dog. Like, you kind of pass the whole, like, well, are they good people? Like, well, obviously, they made it through the home study, so we don't have to ask that question. So ask, like, the other questions, you know? Do, do, 
Do they have other children in the home? Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen specifics even of um, like they they desire expected moms desire biracial mm-hmm. couple or family that have children of different uh, race, mm-hmm. which is important to them. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it that that is a good point. Like having all of the information so that the expectant mom can be properly prepared to right. to make her decision. Yeah. I think it's important to know though. At least I've never had a family who that I know of shared their home study with an expectant mom or they had an agency or an attorney that shared the home study with the expectant mom. The the home study ends up becoming a legal document and it's filed with the court process. Um, so that they know that home, but somebody is home study approved. Correct. But yeah. she doesn't get, she doesn't typically get that information. Right. It's more of just a peace of mind of like the, you know, they've done their due diligence, making sure that these people are qualified and equipped. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do, does Connecting Hearts um, provide home studies internationally or only domestic? Only domestic. And I think it's, a, we used to do international a long time ago. And in, t- in 2014, I believe, um, it's called the Hague Convention is kind of what governs international adoption. And they put things in place that made it really difficult for small agencies like mine to um, do international home studies. So, you know, it, it, international home studies are also country specific. And so people that do a lot of those home studies know exactly what they're doing when things change and keeping up to date. And we never did enough of them to be able to continue to do do international home study. So we've been doing domestic only since 2014. Got it. Are there different laws from state to state for home studies? There are. There are. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of states, I think a lot of states do collect the same kind of background history and information. And, um, but the laws regarding adoption in general, I think the home study is kind of across the board, very similar. Um, but different states, have different requirements, such as there are some states that require a judge to sign off on a home study once it's completed. You live in Florida. Could you be licensed in a different state and provide services to a different state, or is it only the state that you reside in? No, you can. You, I mean, I've, I could technically get licensed in any state that I wanted to. Okay. Um, because you, you can just you can open an office, you can have employees, um, but we just keep it to Florida. Um, so for those who are looking for a home study provider like we may have um, some listeners who are want to jump into this process and they have to get through the home study so when they are searching for the proper home study provider what are some important questions to ask um, when when choosing and when researching and when browsing websites I, I think that if you want to know that somebody is indeed licensed you want to know that they um, you know are well qualified to do what they're doing you want to know if they are familiar with the interstate compact and if yes how many of their families typically travel out of state. Okay. What is that? What is the interstate compact? So uh, the interstate compact is the ICPC is what we often call it is the acronym. And it stands for the interstate compact for the placement of children. And it's how children go from state to state for public or private adoptions. It's a, it's kind of a checks and balances to make sure there's no human trafficking going on. Um, and it's a way to make sure that children are placed in licensed, um, homes. So uh, every state in the United States typically has an ICPC office. Uh, Ours is in Tallahassee. And so if you were adopting, let's say, in Arizona, I have a lot of families that travel to Arizona for whatever reason. Um, Their attorney or their agency in that state is going to get together 
um, all the legal documents that the adoptive family has signed, all the legal documents that the birth mother and her birth father have signed, and those are sent to the Arizona ICPC office. They review it, they approve it, they send it to the Florida Interstate Compact Office. They review it, they approve it. Florida calls Arizona, Arizona calls your attorney, your attorney calls you, you go home. So that's ICPC. So ICPC could could allow, like, so say, you know, we were adopting in Arizona. We would have to stay in the state of Arizona with our child until we got that clearance. Correct. So so that could be, I mean, is, is there like a maximum amount of time that they're held to? Because that could be like, it sounds like it could take a long time knowing how... <laughs> how things work. Yeah. I've never had any, uh, the people that I, the families that we have had stay for an extended period knew that they were going to be there for an extended period. So the longest I've seen somebody stay, uh, you know, not knowing how long they would be there, I think was like 21 or 22 days. They were pretty, they were, they were pretty unhappy about their weight. Um, And I believe for whatever, I believe they were adopting in Utah for whatever reason. Okay. I was preparing you to say like two or three months. I know. So yeah, no, not, no, no. Not, okay. No, but 21, 22 days seems like an eternity when, you know, all you want oh, to do is get imagine. home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what other questions should our, should, should families ask when looking for home study? I think that uh, you want to own your home study when it's completed and you want to make sure that the agency you're working with is going to give it to you um, to provide to other people. Because just, just because you are going to adopt through an agency doesn't mean you have to get your home study done through them. So, for example, my agency doesn't place babies for adoption. We are a licensed agency. We just don't use our license in the same way. So our philosophy is that our families own their home study. Not everybody operates the same way. So you want to make sure that your home study is going to work for you across your state and across your country so that you can use it wherever you go. I mean, I, I feel like if I remember correctly, when we did our, gosh, it's like so funny how you forget things. But when we did it, when we did our home study with you, we, once it was all signed and approved and we were good to go, we essentially got like a PDF. Yeah. Yeah. That we could print or, or forward, whatever it might be to all the agencies that we were applying with. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I only provide somebody with a hard copy if they're telling me that their agency or attorney is requesting it. But no, but nobody really does hard copies anymore. I think most of it's electronic. So we provide our families with a password protected PDF that includes their home study and all the supporting documents that they need if they were to go through the interstate compact. And then Florida specifically has um, what's called, they call it the adoptive home application, which is just five pages of the same redundant kind of information that's in the home study that the Florida interstate compact requires. So we give them a blank copy of that as well and remind them that it's required if they were to adopt out of state and they're kind of on their way. So we have families that that ask us for for referrals to agencies and attorneys. We have families that know exactly where they're going to go with their home study. That kind of runs the gamut too. So I'm sure I remember when (laughs) one of the questions I asked was, how long does this take? Yeah. How long does it take to do a home study? (laughs) I was just wanting to get rock and roll. Every adoptive family's first question is like, how long is it going to take me to get done? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's when you go online, you can see some people are like, oh, it's been six months. I haven't completed my home study yet. And every state has different requirements that sometimes take different amounts of time. So, and, yeah. and the big issue is fingerprinting. If you have to get fingerprinted on a hard card and send in that card to be processed, that takes longer than if you do what we do in Florida, which is electronic fingerprinting. 
and we're required to do that. So if you get fingerprinted today, I, you know, I usually get the results 24 or 48 hours later. So in Florida, we can get your home study done usually in about 30 days if you are diligent with your paperwork. Wow. Yeah, the, the things that can take longer now, um, Florida just require, started requiring two visits to the home instead of one for the home study. So a lot of it depends on the time of your visits. Um, I met with somebody yesterday who didn't want to meet again until 30 days. So um, yeah, that was their choice. So their home study is obviously going to take longer to complete. Um, but most home studies can be done timely. The, the, there's a, a background check called, uh, it's a requirement. The Adam Walsh Act requires us to do background checks with Child Protective Services if somebody has not lived in their home state now for five years. So if somebody has not been a Florida resident for five years, we have to do a background check in any other state that they have lived in. Okay. Oh, wow. That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to make sure that they haven't gotten in trouble anywhere. Um, or mistreated children anywhere. So when you do a background check to New York, California, we just have one for Hawaii. They take a little bit of time to get back. Some people will send them electronically, like Tennessee. I sent one for Tennessee yesterday. I got the results back this morning. Um, but but sometimes it can take longer. It can take, I've had clearances take up to six to eight weeks to get back. So So yeah, so obviously when you have to do those, it's going to take longer. How long did it take you to finish, Caitlin? Um, oh, gosh, it's so hard to remember. I want to say, so I remember it was the end of March when we were, let's see, March to April, like three months. But I think it was probably due to our scheduling and our, it's it's kind of in the family's it, hands. It really is, of like, yeah. Yeah, like how quick can you get your financial documents together? How quick can you go to the doctor and get that signed off? Um like getting all your, you know, paved stubs and all of those things gathered does take time. Um, and so it's kind of how quick you can get that all done. And then like Amy was saying, scheduling it out. I want to say it was somewhere between two or three months. It really was not that bad. Okay. So, you know, we know that it's important to ask how long does the, does it take to complete a home study? Um, what, what is anything else that like to, to wrap this up, wrap this thought up that is important for families to ask and to know about before you want to know how long your study is good for um that's a question people ask all the time and different states have different requirements in florida your home study is good for one year so if it, okay. if it gets to be about month 10 or 11 and you've not yet adopted a child and you want to maintain your eligibility you have to update your home study and it's basically doing a lot of the same paperwork again Okay. Got it. I was going to ask you, is it this basically the same process over again? It pretty pretty much is, minus a couple of documents and another visit to your home. Um, so, yeah. All right, but, but going through it the second time, I don't feel would be quite as stressful. because yeah. you Yeah, nerve-wracking because you kind of know. And, you know, I remember, like I, I've said a million times now in this, that I remember going through our home study. I was nervous. I was anxious. I felt like I was the social worker was going to come to our house and like interrogate us Mm -hmm. and like, what do I got to be prepared for? Like, I remember calling all of my friends who had gone through the process, like, what do I need to do? What do I need to prepare for? They said, just get a fire extinguisher and relax, man. Right. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And, um, but now being on the other side of it, I can really say like, it was, it was not that bad. It's, it's really not that bad. Yeah. So what can you say to, to, to families entering this process to calm their nerves? Like what would be, 
a, a little snippet or a that you could tell them to say, hey, calm down. <laughs> I, I, I tell families all the time that the home study is the easy part. It's everything else that's much more difficult. You know, deciding who you're going to work with, waiting to get matched or selected, and then you're matched. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, talk about some anxiety then. Um, and so then there's a baby and things start to get real you know, (laughs) concerning, right? It's scary, concerning, exciting, all at the same time. The home study is a piece of cake in comparison to all of that. And I think it's important to know that, um, like, we're your cheerleader in this. We're not, we want this to happen for you. And very infrequently do we have a family where there is a problem. Um, It does happen, um, but it is not often. And, but when it, when it does, it's, it's, that's the stuff that like keeps you awake at night. Sure. It's for good reason. Yes, it's not like absolutely. It's small or minute or, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you don't be like, oh, their, their pictures were hung on the wall wrong. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that closet was yeah. way too dirty. Yeah, that was a very cluttered <laughs> closet. Right. I just hearing you say the words cheerleader, like already like brings like, I feel like a piece, you know, like you're okay, you're in our corner. You're not against us. You're not trying to poke holes or find flaws. Like you really are just helping us. You're helping us through this process. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I think that people expect you to be like some mean old school teacher that's going to smack your hand with a ruler or something. (laughs) Um, and that's not what it is at all. We want this to happen for you and we want, um, you know, you to achieve your goal. So that's important to remember. That's encouraging. Super that, encouraging. Like, yeah. yeah, that's like comforting. And um, that's so good to hear. And I think anybody going into this process hopefully can take that and be like, okay, I can do it. I can get through this. And you're right. Now being on the other side of it, that was like easy peasy. I kind of forgot about it. Once, once you get to the agency side of it and you're, you know, you have these potential matches with expectant moms and um, these meetings, and then you actually have a child in your home. You're like, Ooh, that's the real work. Yeah. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. home study. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, and then we, we go back and visit people after their baby comes home and do, you know, the post placement visits. So when we come back and visit you during that time, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's just Amy coming. No big deal. Um, and it's, it's funny. So, you know, we visit somebody the first time and their house is usually the cleanest it's ever been. And <laughs> you wouldn't, you can't even tell people almost live there, but then we come back when somebody's baby comes home and, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we're lucky if they took a shower before we, you know, we got there. Right. So, right. so, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, what's so interesting is that, so we brought our daughter home. Um, uh, she was born January 1st, 2020, which is such a fun birthday, but which means, you know, COVID hit right after that. And we had to do all of our post-placement visits. We only had one in-house and then the rest. And because of COVID, all of the court systems were way slowed down. So our finalization wasn't for months later. So we had to, to continue to have um, the home visits. I think it was one um, once a month until you're finalized, but they were all virtual. So it was a very interesting thing. I mean, we really got to chat with our social worker and got to know her very well. By the end of it, we were buddies. But it was an interesting time. Yeah, I hated doing that stuff virtually. Um, yeah. And with my agency, I told all my social workers, it was up, we, ha- we had permission from our licensing people to do home studies virtually, but we still had to physically go to somebody's home and take a tour through it. So I told people it was entirely up to them if they wanted to 
do the interviews and speak with people virtually and then just go to their home and walk, be given a tour and leave, that it was entirely up to them or if they want to meet in person. So I think myself, I think I maybe did maybe two or three home studies virtually. And I was like, forget it. I don't like this. And I didn't, I did them all in person. And I would wear, I would wear a mask if somebody wanted me to or whatnot. Sure. It was a bit, um, you know, the more impersonal than, than, you know, if not, but you know, that was that whole season of life. So thankfully, you know, we almost seem to be on the other side of that. And hopefully that, uh, we can forget about that. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So gosh, I feel like we have, I've learned a lot and I've, you know, my memory has been jogged quite a bit from my experience in this, but thank you so much for all of your knowledge and everything that you, you know, poured into this. Um, anything, any final thoughts, anything you want to say, uh, on the topic of home study or did we cover it all? Yeah. I, I think the last thing, um, I think the last important thing to ask is, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it before, like, what do I need to have ready when my social worker comes? Um, and every agency has a different answer for that. Some agencies will want you to have a full nursery ready before they're going to come to your home. Some will tell you that you don't need to do anything. It, re- it depends on who you're working with. Everybody has their own philosophy in that. In my agency, we, we tell families, you don't have to do anything until your baby comes home. I mean, having um, an empty nursery can be very sad. And there's no reason to be sad in your own home. So, uh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, your baby has a long list of wants and a short list of needs. And that's important to remember. Wow, that's a really great point. I love that. Wow. Yeah, somebody did ask me, um, a friend of mine uh, asked me that same question. They said, was your nursery ready? And I go, you know, I don't think it was. I didn't, we didn't buy a crib until we matched. Yeah. And we knew, you know, so I don't think it was, it was still our guest room at that point. It was still outfitted like a guest room. So yeah, you're right. That is a good point. Then that's very, um, yeah, that's something to take as well. So before we go, we like to lighten the mood a little bit and talk a little bit about something that we love to talk about. We end the episode with a secret Disney question, and we know how much you love Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is going to be an easy one for you. But Mal, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you say it. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you were to, we'll bring it to your house so you don't have to go to the parks. But if you were to have a Disney snack tonight before bed, would you rather have? A Disney uh, Mickey pretzel or a Mickey ice cream bar? Are you like a sweet or salty girl? Definitely a Mickey ice cream bar. The Mickey ice cream bar. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So My kids used to love them. The bar or the sandwich? Now that's even a subcategory. It is. Yeah, no, definitely the, the dipped, the dipped the bar. bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so great chatting with you and I think our listeners are really going to appreciate this episode and just how practical it was and how peace-giving it was for, on a subject that can be kind of stressful, just all the unknowns. So thank you so much for chatting and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, it was a really great, really great day. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Funding Love Podcast. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit, which means that people like you can make a lasting impact on the adoption community through your generous support. You can give online today at fundinglove.com backslash donate. 
My name is Courtney and I love giving to Funding Love because adopted families so often are overlooked and unsupported. Funding Love provides such a safe and happy community for families of all shapes and sizes to feel loved and understood. I'm so proud to say that I help create post-adoption experiences that strengthen bonds, build community, and restore people. I am Funding Love.